Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're giving you our NFL picks for the week. We're also going to be talking Urban Meyer, everything going there. Some fantasy advice from the one and only Kevin Wilson as well. We'll talk college football, maybe get into some college basketball, and even a little bit of UFC talk today. That and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We are glad to be with you. We got all kinds of sports to talk about tonight. And uh, joining me as he normally does is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good, and a lot, boy, a lot to talk about. We've got a lot going on in sports and uh, all different sports, all different levels. And of course, I know we're going to talk some fantasy football tonight, and that's exciting because the regular season is over. And in the words of the immortal Jim Mora, playoffs, <laughs> we're there. We've got a playoffs rant already. I love it. Uh, one of these days, we'll get some more. Uh, media and things going on as well in here. We will be joined in just a couple of minutes here by Kevin Wilson of Belly Up Sports uh, to talk fantasy football, important starts and sits. There's so much going on with the uh, COVID stuff and injuries, and uh, we're not dealing with bye weeks in the fantasy football, which is nice, but we are dealing with other things. And if someone could please uh, tell COVID that we're entering fantasy football playoffs and we need this to stop. Uh, so we'll see. We'll talk to Kevin Wilson in just a couple minutes about who you should start, who you should sit this week in fantasy football. Of course, a game kicking off uh, right now uh, in the NFL as well. We'll get to all that, though, in the minutes to come. Dad, I want to start the show today talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer. We've talked about Urban Meyer a lot this year, and uh it seems like the last the last domino to fall was the former kicker saying that he kicked me in practice, and uh, that was it. It for Urban Meyer. Off he goes into the sunset as a failed NFL experiment. Uh, just another college coach that couldn't cut it, supposedly. What surprised me, Dad, is I knew he was a horrible human being. That That's not surprising. What surprised me was that he wasn't a good enough or smart enough coach to make it work in the NFL, uh, he didn't know how to handle his players at the end of the day, how to treat his players. And that really surprised me when it's all said and done, because you never heard too many players say bad things about Urban Meyer. No, you really hadn't, you know, in the college level. So um, it was kind of interesting. We talked before the season, the big challenge, I think, for him was to adapt to the pro game in a lot of ways. And um, I, that was obviously he didn't do well at that. 
and he was going to have to get players to buy into his system because he was still doing some college type of things um, from there. But everything went downhill when the nightclub incident happened because he obviously lost the players. They had no respect for him after that. And then, of course, they just kept losing. So it was obvious he wasn't going to be there long. So they didn't need to put up with the stuff that was going on. I think the Jaguars made a very smart move to get rid of him when they did because I think this would have just gotten uglier and uglier um, as the season went on, like with this kicker coming out with information um, this week. So they made the right move. Um, You know, it's interesting because, you know, I know he was a public speaker and gave a lot of of speeches, even had a a program here in the town where I live. Um, But yet, you know, there were character flaws. You kind of looked, I guess he had the personality that you always kind of overlooked that, you know, um, well, I got to get out of coaching because of my health. Well, no, I feel good enough. I'll get back in it now. Well, no, I'll get back out. No, I'll get back in it. Well, there. And then of course the nightclub thing came out and all of a sudden you realize, um, yeah, this isn't good. Um, be interesting to see what happens. I don't think he'll coach again. Um, strangely enough though, you know, some network he'll be, he'll be back on TV, um, which is probably, um, sad from that standpoint. Uh, he'll definitely be back on TV. I assume back on Fox. Uh, might even see him come playoff time and different things like that going on as well. Uh, you know, it, there were issues in Florida. There were issues at Ohio State when it came to coaches and uh, just some things that he kind of swept under the rug, didn't handle correctly, those kinds of things. And that's where you began to realize he's not a great human being. But at the same time, he did well with his college kids. I say that, uh, you know, he had a a kid that, that ended up growing up and murdering someone. So I'm not sure how much that had to do with him, how much he let slide while he was there at Florida, those kinds of things. I don't know. But again, what surprised me with his time in Jacksonville is he was not able to um, learn how to respond to and react with professional athletes. And I was really surprised by that. And the, the reports that came out of the stuff that went on in the meeting with his assistant coaches saying I had a better staff in Bowling Green I mean, he hired the staff, so I'm not real sure what he's doing, talking about that kind of stuff as well. And then there was no offensive creativity. The coaching aspect of it, too, really wasn't working. And maybe it's because he didn't have the uh, the buy-in from the players. I don't know. But at the end of the day, this might go down as the worst uh, college-to-pro coaching situation that's ever happened. I mean, the, the Saban stuff didn't go great. Um, you know, the Steve Spurrier stuff didn't go great, but at the end of the day, this one, this one looks really bad and I'm surprised by it. Um, the, the, to me, the, the name that makes the most sense next year for Jacksonville is Byron Leftwich. Uh, Leftwich played quarterback at Jacksonville. He's now the offensive coordinator at Tampa. And, uh, it, it, it would make sense if I'm a, um, good PR move. It would make sense, I think, football wise too, for Leftwich to come back. Um, he's been very successful. Obviously, he's got Tom Brady as his quarterback, which helps a lot. Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. We haven't been able to see that yet because of how bad Jacksonville is. But to me, left, which makes sense. You've got the other obvious names, Eric Bieniemy, um, Dayball up in Buffalo, those kind of guys as well. Coach Calipari here in Lexington came out for Marv Lewis saying that Jacksonville should go out and get Marvin Lewis. Uh, because he's a program builder, uh, had some decent seasons in Cincinnati while he was there as well. So I don't know. There's a lot of names out there. Are there any names that interest you when it comes to Jacksonville? 
Well, I was thinking about it today, and um, one name, um, I, you know, I don't want to lose him at Green Bay, but at some point we're going to, and a guy like Nathaniel Hackett would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, he's worked with quarterbacks. Um, he's very well liked by the play. He, he creates an exciting atmosphere, and I think that's part of what Jacksonville is going to need. I think they have some talent. They're going to have some more great draft picks coming up. Um, they need somebody to energize the situation, somebody the players are really going to get behind quickly, but also is a good coach. And with Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you know, he, he should be a guy that you build the program around. So you need a guy that can do that. But Leftwich makes a lot of sense, too. But I, I think to go with somebody younger, maybe Marvin Lewis would be good. But I think somebody um, younger that can definitely relate to the players and create excitement um, with Jacksonville is, is what they're going to need. I don't think they need a guy, an older, proven guy that's going to have a system that's going to come in and, okay, everything's going to change and it's going to be my system. I think a guy well, needs to try with Tom Coughlin, right? A guy, yeah, a guy needs yeah. to be able to work with stuff. So, um, you know, uh, Hackett's going to get a job sometime, but the names you threw out are, are good ones too. So it'll be interesting. I'd be shocked if they don't go with the minority coach. Um, and I, to me, guys like the enemy makes sense. But again, left, which makes too much sense, in my opinion, if he wants the job. I don't know. There might be people who say, I don't want to go to Jacksonville. Uh, you know, we don't know. Maybe Eric the enemy turned down jobs last year. We don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, there, there's definitely going to be lots of candidates out there. Um, there are some old college candidates out there, too, but I'd be shocked if Jacksonville goes back to that well uh, one more time. So uh, Urban Meyer's fired. We agree he should have been fired probably a couple weeks ago, uh, but he finally does get fired, and we'll see. We'll talk about Jacksonville this week when we get to our picks here uh, in a few minutes. But more importantly than real-life football, is fantasy football. We all know this to be true. Uh, fantasy football is the most important thing in our lives right now, and we are heading into the fantasy football playoffs, at least most of us. And uh, and with the playoffs starting, this week has been nuts. COVID issues, injuries as well, coaches being fired. Who in the world should we start and who should we sit? So we bring in our uh, I was going to say old friend, our our uh, our friend, Kevin Wilson, is going to join us now. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Vince. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome as well. It's good to see you again. Kevin and I uh, co-host a fantasy baseball show during That's baseball right. season and uh, excited, hopefully, for that to start up <laughs> this spring. Uh, we'll see how all the lockout stuff goes. But we're here to talk fantasy football today. Kevin writes for Belly Up Sports. He also has his own uh, show on Colorcast uh, as well, and doing doing his own stuff there also. And, uh, and like I said, fantasy baseball show on Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Fantasy Sports as well. Uh, Kevin, I want before we get into fantasy football, I want to talk real football. You're wearing your Seahawks jersey there it at is. the beginning of the season. I told you in our NFL West preview uh, that Seattle was going to have a down year this year, and you didn't like that very much. Uh, are you Are Still you don't. with me now? Well. Um... I got to be with you, you know, <laughs> seeing as how they're uh, at the bottom of the division. But, uh, you know, if they were playing the 49ers every week, they'd, they'd finish 14 and three. <laughs> they know how to handle them. And uh, but unfortunately, they're not. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson was hurt. And then when he came back, you know, 
it clearly was not okay, and things were uh, not going well at all. Uh, they'd lost five games in a row for the first time in his NFL career. And uh, the next loss, if they suffer, that'll be his first losing record in the entire time he's been a starter quarterback. So is, you got to like that. You know, maybe not this year you don't like it too much, but, uh, you know, it just goes to show what good, you know, how good a quarterback he's been all these years. Uh, will Pete Carroll be the coach next year? Will Russell Wilson be the quarterback next year? Will one of them be gone or will both of them be gone? Well, the chances of them both being gone are probably pretty high. And uh, I think that that comes down to Russell Wilson's contract because the reason, the main reason why he wasn't moved this year is because if they did, they would have taken a gigantic hit in their, uh, you know, uh, against the cap. Mm-hmm. And so this year he wasn't going anywhere. He, he, you know, he could have sat down and, you know, and, and, and just, you know, never showed up in public this entire year. They weren't going to, they were going to do anything because they had something like a $35 million cap hit. Or something like that. It was it was insane. So they weren't going to do anything with him this year. Maybe next year. You know, he he, he just don't know. One minute he's saying, you know, I, I want to go to these teams, and the next minute he's saying, I I love it here, and you know, I want to be here till you know the sun sets or whatever it was he was saying just a couple weeks ago. So uh, <laughs> it seems like most people have forgotten the Russell Wilson drama because the Aaron Rodgers drama took over. Uh, there right. for a while, uh, yeah. but there was a lot of drama there for for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Yeah, I uh, wasn't buying that drama. You know, there was a lot, of, like you're saying, Vince, a lot of drama. I wasn't buying any of it because I knew mm-hmm. that they weren't going to move him just because of the money. They weren't yeah. going to do it, and uh, they can entertain offers, whatever it was, but they they weren't doing anything with him. And yeah, uh, now they're, the big rumor is the Giants uh, possibly next season. But that that uh, rumor makes zero sense to me. Why in the world would you want to go to the Giants? Who are, they're not close to being a contending team. It, it, I can understand why the Seahawks might because they got two first round picks. Mm-hmm. And if I'm the if you come in and offer me two first round picks, I'm probably going to do that. Yeah. All right, let's get to fantasy football. It's a big week. Uh, fantasy playoffs are starting this week, and there is so much chaos out there right now on rosters, people trying to figure out what is going on. So uh, talk to me. Let's start with uh, guys that we need to sit, guys that should not be playing this week. All right, so I'm going to start with the quarterbacks and the guy that, uh, unfortunately, you know, we're talking about Russell Wilson. We're talking about the Seahawks, and the first guy I'm going to sit is Russell Wilson himself and uh he's played you know very well the last couple weeks he's got six touchdowns and an interception in his last two games but uh you know playing the houston texans you know rights a lot of wrongs in the world and so uh but unfortunately for him he's playing the rams they're playing on the road and he has struggled his entire nfl career now if they're playing the rams every week they might win five games (laughs) oh you know, that's just, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, certain players or certain teams have a, have somebody's number. And uh, that reminds me of Greg Maddox. You know, he was probably the pitcher of his era. But uh, and when he went up against Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn hit over 400 in his career against Greg Maddox. So it didn't matter what he threw up there. And so uh, that's the same thing here with Russell Wilson. He has just, whether they're in St. Louis, whether they're in L.A. or whether they're playing on the moon, apparently – he just he just struggles against them, and uh, they played him. Uh, let's see, back in week four, 
and uh, he only passed for 152 yards, and uh, that was at home. So unfortunately, they're playing on the road this week, and uh, this loss I think is going to you know cause him to have his first losing record of his NFL career. Hmm. And so I just don't like the matchup at all. And so I'm sitting him. And another player that uh, I'm sitting, unfortunately for me, because I got Russell Wilson on my fantasy team, and I also have Joe Burrow. And uh, he was really good last week. He uh 25 of 34 for 348 yards against uh, the 49ers. Unfortunately for him, he's playing in Denver this week. And Denver is the fifth best against quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL. Hmm. And so uh, – and before that, he was struggling. So I'm going to have to make a decision. Am I starting Wilson or am I starting Burrow? Either way, it doesn't look good. And so, <laughs> you know, a lot of these guys, you have to play them if you, you right. know, pretty much. If you, but if, if you have another option that you can use, especially if you're in two quarterback leagues, I would look at that seriously. And another guy that has just crashed down to earth and the whole team has crashed down to earth. That's Derek Carr of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, and that whole the whole situation that just came to a head this past week when they just got absolutely hammered by by uh, Kansas City. And uh, he's got Cleveland this week. They're number six against quarterbacks. And so there's got to be a better option on, you know, out there than David, David, David Carr. So mm-hmm. or, and so uh, I, and it's on the road, you know, as well. So. Those three quarterbacks are my sits of the week at the at the quarterback position. I like it. Uh, let's talk about receivers. Uh, there's a lot of action on receivers right now between injuries. Hopkins uh, was announced this week that he's going on the IR. Yep. Uh, yep. They're hoping to get him back for the playoffs, but he's done. He's been out a lot this season. Yep. Um, then the the announcement came out about Jalen Waddle. He's tested positive or or is in the yep. COVID protocol. That kills me in multiple leagues. Um, so I've got to trust some guys on the wide receiver uh, level this week in the playoffs that I'm not excited about playing. Uh, yeah. So talk to me wide receiver-wise, guys that we should sit and guys that we need to play. Okay, so guys that we need to sit, you know, unfortunately you mentioned him, Jalen Waddell. He was at the top of my start list because, you know, they got the Jets. And any team that's playing the Jets, <laughs> just start them. And, uh, but uh, as you alluded to, you know, he may, he may play. But uh, I, I don't see it happening this week. But uh, some players that need to sit, first of all, I'm going to go with uh, Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, we're talking about players that may, you know, that were having issues and uh, he may not play. Uh, Tyler Huntley, whoever, you know, who's heard of Tyler Huntley? Anyone? 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 We have uh, now, but before this season, have, probably yeah. not too much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he came in. He played, uh, you know, played pretty, you know, pretty decent. This past week, but uh, not passing the ball to Marquise Brown. So mm-hmm. either one of those guys, he has no TDs since week seven. And uh, he hasn't topped 55 yards in his last four games. And so, uh, you know, that this is a guy you you need to sit. And uh, another guy that uh, I have on my fantasy team, that's Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. And, uh, you know, he was hurt, for you know, and, and everything, and he came back, and everybody's like, yay, Jerry Judy's back. Well, no. His uh, last three weeks, he has 11 catches, and that's it. He has no TDs on the season, period, none, zero, zilch. And uh, Teddy, Bred, you know, Teddy Bridgewater apparently, you know, doesn't trust him, whatever it is, he's not thrown to him. Of course, you know, you could sit every wide receiver 
that Denver has. Sit them all. That's what I was getting ready to ask you. I've got Tim Patrick uh, that I picked up late in the season just as a guy as a filler for injuries and things like that. And he's had a couple okay weeks, but the last yeah. four weeks that he's played, uh, four points or less. And yeah, so, uh, so I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, all, all Denver, uh, you know, send them all because, uh, you know, they're playing the Bengals. And the Bengals, you know, been up and down all, but they're third against the pass. Hmm. And so that doesn't speak well of that. And another player that's missed games, that's uh, Julio Jones mm-hmm. of Tennessee. And, uh, you know, you can talk about their quarterback as well. He's another guy I could have mentioned earlier to sit him. And uh, Ryan Tannehill, of course. Yeah, Julio Jones has no TDs on the season, which shouldn't be a surprise as even when he was catching 100 and 90 passes or whatever it was he was doing. He wasn't getting in, in the end zone. So that shouldn't, but he's not catching 190 passes this year, uh, against Jacksonville. And if you can't do against Jacksonville, you can't do it. And he had four catches for just 33 yards. And so, uh, you're hurting me, Kevin. I, I yeah. picked up Julio Jones this week. Uh, he was available on waivers. I picked him up and I even, I told my dad, I said, I probably won't even play him. And then Waddle goes down and now I'm sitting there looking at Julio Jones starting for me in the playoffs. I'm like, Oh no. You know, he's got a great matchup this week against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's no way that you can put your trust in at all on Julio Jones. Right. And, uh, and, you know, like you say, if, if you have to, you have to, but, uh, you know, he's far <laughs> down on the list there, I'm, there. There's gotta be guys that you can put in at wide receiver that I'd have a whole lot more, uh, Faith in and a couple of those guys. If you happen to have uh, Darnell Mooney of, mm. of the of the Bears, and of course you wouldn't know that against Green Bay. And you know, of course, you know the, the Bears actually looked pretty pretty good in that first half last against uh, against Green Bay, but uh, not so much for Mooney because he had one catch for 19 yards. But uh, he's had they're 121 not, yards not and 123 yards in the two games before that. They're not playing the Packers. Uh, in fact, uh, they're playing Minnesota, and uh, they're last, last in pass defense. Now, you know, Minnesota's been known, you know, ever since the Purple People Eaters and all that, so that's really got to, you know, do. Minnesota cannot be happy with the fact that they're last against the pass. So uh, Darnell Mooney is a guy that I would put out there and, and, and trust him, even though, like I said, he had just one catch. He shouldn't have just one catch this week. And another player, Detroit Lions. You know, this might surprise some guys. That's Amon Ra St. Brown. Now, if I was to ask the question, what wide receiver has 24 uh, targets in the last two weeks, who would that be? I'm pretty sure that St. Brown wouldn't come to the top of anybody's list, but that's exactly what's happened. He has 24 targets, and yet he's turned that into 18 catches. Hmm. In the last two weeks, and uh, they're playing Arizona, which may not be a you know that great a thing, but then maybe it is because Detroit will probably have to play a you know catch up. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, as you mentioned, uh, they've got some issues on their offense, but uh, you've got no Hawkinson and probably no Swift on Detroit. They've got to play, you know, got to throw it to somebody. So that's a great is, is a good pickup. That's a great fantasy line that everybody must remember. They've got to throw it to somebody. Yeah, uh, you got to find the right guy sometimes, but that is, that's a legit thing you got to look at. 
Uh, I want to ask you a team-specific question. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they fired their head coach this week. Um, there could be new energy in the building, things like that. LaVisca Chenault is there, and he's had some okay games here and there. They've had injuries to their wide receivers this season as well. James Robinson has not been as good as he was last year. Do, do you think that James Robinson, LaVisca Chenault, or somebody else, even Trevor Lawrence, holds a little bit more value this week, or do you think they still don't have much value? Well, I'm going to tell you right now that uh, James Robinson couldn't possibly, you know, it couldn't get any worse because this past week and you know how many fantasy points he had, that's a big squadoosh. Yeah. All right. And so uh, he goes to the very top of my start list simply mm. because Urban Meyer is now, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say he's got a sign that says we'll work for food because uh, obviously he, he's make he, you know, he made the cash out of, out of, out of doing what he did. But uh, you know, I, I don't understand how this guy only had six carries, six, yeah. this past game. And like I said, zero fantasy points. And um, I'm, I've, I drafted him. And so mm. it definitely pained me that to hurts. see this going on. It, it really hurt. And so uh, fire up James Robinson this week. And uh, maybe uh, I, I'm not so uh, sure about maybe Trevor Lawrence if you're in a two-quarterback league, but even if you are, there's got to be better guys. You know, he's in a better situation. I think they're all in a better situation now. Yeah. But uh, out of those guys, the only one I'm starting is Robinson. Okay. Yeah, Chenault is a guy I drafted in every league I was in. I've held on to him in a couple leagues. Um, and he's had a couple 20-point weeks, uh, not not consistently. Um, but I'm wondering if he'll, he'll shine this weekend with – Waddle being out, I'm going to give it a go. Uh, Dad, any questions specifically for Kevin? Yeah, when um, the Arizona game against Detroit uh, and with Hopkins being out, do you think there's a chance Ertz would have a pretty good game this week? Well, you know, as we talked about earlier, they got to, you know, they got to do it something, throw it to someone, they got to run someone. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, Murray and uh, back. And so uh, I think that opens up that whole offense, and uh, the, all all those guys, you know, got to be you know be they're playing Detroit, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know the, the 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 three of us could line up and play against Detroit and and, and be successful. <laughs> I think you overestimate our athletic ability. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I like Arizona players, um, Connor, you know. Get him going on right there. So I, I, I like their, you know, if they're playing Detroit, start them. Yeah, and there's a chance Chase Edmonds comes back this week as well. Yeah, that, that's yeah. you know, talk about a player you drafted that really hurt me as well because I took Chase, Chase Edmonds. He looked pretty decent, you know, yeah. earlier in the season. But uh, oh, there's my cat right behind me there coming in <laughs> to say, yeah, listen to what I'm telling you. So that means play all Carolina Panthers this week. That was the sign. The sign from the cat. He said, uh, "That's he said, right. Go out, you know, go out and, and run Cam Newton or Chuba Hubbard or somebody like that this week." Well, you know, unfortunately, Chuba Hubbard's a sit for me. You know, cat notwithstanding, and uh, you know, because uh, when you got Walker and you got yeah. Cam as your quarterback, it ain't happening. And uh, I was kind of thinking that Cam, you know, he a few weeks ago he. He killed. Yeah. But ever since then, you know, he was killed. And so (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's not looking good. Um, he had no targets yeah. done this past week. So uh, you got to sit Chubba Hubbard. I understand why you picked him up with CMC out and everything else, but that that's a guy you, you, you just can't trust him at all. Don't put him in your lineup. Do yourself a favor. Dad, anything else? Uh, no, I just like said it, it with Arizona to be interesting with Hopkins out, you know, does one of their other receivers, cause they really spread it around. It's hard mm-hmm. to play Arizona receivers, uh, but will one of them get to be the main target now with how Hopkins out be interesting to see over the next week or two, uh, because it's been dangerous. I've got Christian Kirk. Um, I just it's, leave, I it's dangerous to know when to play him because, you know, he may not get anything that week and he may have a big week. If I, yeah, because I have Christian Kirk myself, and uh, against Detroit, I, I probably am going to roll him out. Hmm. So take a shot at him, right? Especially with the injuries that are going on right now. Uh, I mean, good night, Rondell Moore, maybe even AJ Green. Long shot, AJ Green. Uh, but yeah, Christian yeah, Kirk. Too, and Rondell definitely, Moore. Kirk is the one I would, you know, definitely circle my camp around him before you know the other, those other guys. Yeah. All right, Kevin Wilson, Belly Up Sports. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you at. Well, you can always find me on uh, Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. And uh, except for this week, because, uh, you know, my wife and I are taking some time off. So this is a, about the first week in a year and a half I didn't do an article. But uh, you can always, going forward, once a week, you'll find an article on from me on the Belly Up Fantasy site. And uh, if you go to uh, the ColorCast app Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Central, You'll find the Wilson uh, Weekend Sports Review. And uh, I was quite pleased this past week because, you know, Navy beat Army. So mm-hmm. I was able to play the uh, the Navy uh, fight song. So, yay. <laughs> and so, uh, but, yeah, at 10 a.m. Saturday mornings, you can find me on uh, ColorCast. And, uh, and uh, that's where you can get me. Live talk from Kevin Wilson Saturday mornings on ColorCast. That's available for all Apple users. Eventually, they're working on getting it available for Android users as well, but uh, you can get the ColorCast app for free and listen to Kevin Wilson every Saturday morning. Kevin, it's great talking to you again. We'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully some baseball. uh, Hopefully the lockout ends and we'll get some baseball talk. That would always be uh, excellent, Vince. And it's it's always a pleasure to be on. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Give your wife uh, our best as well. I sure will do that. Thanks, Vince. All right. See you, Kevin. That's Kevin Wilson from Belly Up Sports, uh, bellyupfantasysports.com. And again, articles uh, weekly uh, with fantasy football advice. And then as baseball season comes around, lots of baseball material as well. And you can listen to him every Saturday morning on the ColorCast app uh, as well, where he talks all things sports. All right, Dad, let's get into some more football news. We need to get to our picks here shortly, but let's start with this. Um, the playoff outlook, uh, before we get to that, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. The notion was mentioned this week by, I don't remember who, and I apologize. They're national. They get plenty of credit, um, about the idea of maybe sitting Rodgers, giving him a break once they got the division sealed up, clinched, all that kind of stuff. Uh, because of his toe injury, he says it's very painful. He can play on it. He said all along, I'm not going to miss any time. Um, but he said it is really painful. Do you think it would be wise slash good? Uh, for the Packers to rest Aaron Rodgers to close out the season? There's four games left. Um, or do you think until they know for sure about the one seed that they should just keep playing as normal? 
Um, I think they will keep playing as normal until they know about the one seed. And I think that's what they ought to do. I mean, he had the bye week and he came back feeling better. And then as soon as he got in the game, you know, I don't think it's going to get any better, whether it's going to get any worse. And they'll have to know what the doctors uh, from there, if there's a chance he could get to where he get bad enough, he really couldn't play. Um, then, you know, you would need to be careful with it. I think if they lock up the number one seed or know they cannot get the number one seed, then they might rest him for a game. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how that's going and how he feels. Um, he's still playing at a very high level. So it's a matter of, you know, the pain threshold and none of us really know what's going on with that. So I wouldn't expect to be any resting of, of him right now. I do think it probably would be his decision. And if he come to a point where he said, Hey, I ought to sit out, then I think you would think it's serious enough. Yeah, I mean, until the one seed's figured out. Now, if they're not going to clinch the one seed, maybe it makes more sense. But I think you still want the two seed, too, because if the one seed gets upset in the first round, you got a home field at Lambeau in the NFC Championship game. So uh, I would be shocked if they sit him out. The other positive for that would be is, hey, Jordan Love would get some snaps. Uh, he's off the COVID list again, so he's back at it. Um, you know, maybe maybe that works out. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Let's uh, a quick playoff outlook right now in the AFC. You've got the Patriots, the Ravens, the Titans, the Chiefs that are in. Uh, then you've got the Chargers, and Chargers and Chiefs are playing right now. Uh, you've got the Chargers, and then you've got the tiebreaker between Indianapolis, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Buffalo there as well. Miami's still in the hunt as well. Uh, we talked about the Patriots last week, so we won't spend time on that. To me, still, the NFC North is the most interesting division right now because you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't know who's going to win the division or how it's all going to shake out uh, there. In the NFC, you've got Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona as the division leaders, the Rams at 9-4 and four, uh, in, and then you've got uh, San Francisco in as well right now with Washington, Philly, Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, all right there at six and seven as well. So uh, as we're four weeks away from the playoffs, not a single team has clinched a playoff spot yet. Does that surprise you? Um, yes, in some ways, but like I said, uh, you know, we've looked at, this is going to be quite the shootout the last four weeks. I don't think anything's going to be decided at least for a couple weeks. And in the AFC, I don't know that anybody's a guarantee to win their division yet for sure. Um, probably, unfortunately, Tennessee has the best shot at that. But again, Indianapolis uh, is right there. And, you know, New England looks strong, but you got Buffalo. And uh, yeah, in the North, you have no, no idea who's going to win that. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. And the San Diego game will go a long ways tonight. Again, I think Kansas City. But uh, And even after you get past the division winners, it's going to be real chaos in the AFC. And I do think we I've said all along that the NFC, that seventh spot is going to be quite the battle. I think it could get settled for the spots above them, definitely the uh, number five seed and maybe the number six seed. Uh, but that last one's going to come down and that'll make for good football because, again, you know, teams are going to be fighting um, for a spot as long as they've got hope. And it looks like it'll go that right down to the last week. Yeah, I agree with you on all of that. The only exception that I'll make is 
Uh, we won't know anything about San Diego, uh, but we will know about Los Angeles. Yeah, and uh, it happens, right? Sure. Every It's going to happen multiple times between Las Vegas uh, and L.A. and then San Diego and L.A. If, if, if we're going to slip it up occasionally. Um, but we do know what we're talking about. I promise we both know the Chargers play in Los Angeles. Uh, okay, Dad, let's get to our picks this week and the games going on this week as well. Um, uh, interesting slate. Uh, again, the COVID stuff is just causing uh, havoc as well. Let's get started, though. Who's your first uh, first pick this week? We were both 3-3 three and three last week, by the way, 50%. That's not too bad. Uh, who's your first game this week? Uh, first game, I'm going to take Green Bay and the points. Uh, the line may change on that with Kenny Clark being out. Um, or could be out more than likely. Uh, and that scares me a little bit. Um, but again, I think Green Bay, you know, Baltimore has been really um, up and down. And even though it's in Baltimore, I'm going to take Green Bay on that one. Yeah, I picked Green Bay as well. They're five and a half point favorites over Baltimore. They're at home. No, they're at Baltimore. And, uh, but Baltimore's so beat up. Green Bay is playing so well, even with Kenny Clark out. I don't think. I mean, it, it'll affect the Packers to some degree for sure because he's incredible. But uh, they're, yeah, I, I'm definitely taking Green Bay. I feel very comfortable with Green Bay five and a half uh, there as well. All right, game number two. I'll take the underdog. I'll take Cincinnati over Denver. It's in Denver, but again, Cincinnati, if they're going to stay in this, has to win it. Of course, Denver has a lot to play for too. Uh, Bengals are really kind of up and down, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati in 2.5. Yeah, Cincinnati two and a half point underdogs on the road in Denver. I looked at this one, Dad. I stayed away from it. Um, I was a little too concerned just to, for a number of different reasons. And, uh, you know, Kevin brought it up talking about fantasy football. Denver's been really good against the pass this year as well. Actually, they seem to have gotten a little better after Von Miller left, which is weird. Uh, but nonetheless, I stayed away from this one. This one scares me a little bit. I went with a, a one that's being COVID-affected, I'm going to go with Cleveland. They're a, a one-point underdog to Las Vegas. I told you many weeks ago, I felt like Vegas, they were just done for. And uh, they might be the better team or at least have the better quarterback this week. Uh, but at the end of the day, to me, I really like what Cleveland has. I think they, they need a win desperately as well. And uh, even though Baker Mayfield spoke out against the league today and their COVID policies, which is interesting. We might get to that. We probably won't. But nonetheless, uh, there there might be some league league animosity there. But I, I'm going to go with Cleveland plus one over Vegas. Uh, who's your third game? Um, I'll take the Rams and the points over to cover uh, over Seattle. Rams are only four and a half point favorites. Uh, that's a low line. I understand why you went there. I stayed away from this game, but. Um, Four and a half is not much. Seattle is in – this is kind of their last chance, right? If Seattle loses this game, their hopes of the playoffs are pretty well shot. Not not numerically, but realistically. Uh, not a great shot for them if they lose this game. But the Rams at 9-4 and four are still fighting to get to the top of the division and catch up with Arizona. Uh, four and a half is a good number. I overlooked that one, apparently. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's a good pick. I like that one. Uh, my third game is uh, trust the old Washington football team. Uh, they're nine-point underdogs uh, against Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is not that good. Washington has played well. And so I thought nine points is a lot of points. I'll go ahead and go with uh, Washington 
plus nine versus Philly. Uh, your fourth game. Um, I'll take, I'm going to take Minnesota over Chicago. I think Chicago is just a mess, and Minnesota is still in the hunt for the playoffs. And um, so I'm going to take the Vikings. Vikings five-and-a-half-point favorites uh, on the road against Chicago. I like the Vikings offense. They've got some real key factors there. Um, I don't like this game for Minnesota, though. I think Chicago comes out of this with the win at home, desperately needing it. Nagy needs something uh, to, to prolong his stay in Chicago. I think we saw them pull out all the stops against Green Bay early on, trick plays and just different kind of gadgets and gizmos and I think they beat Minnesota this week. So I stayed away from this game. I did not pick Chicago. I don't like picking Monday night games for whatever reason. But uh, nonetheless, I disagree with you. I think Chicago wins this one. But you go Minnesota, five and a half. My fourth game is uh, the Tennessee Titans. I don't take them very often. But they're minus one-point favorites against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is horrible. The Titans aren't that much better of a team. Uh, Actually, as I say that, the Titans are now at even. So we're going to change that line to even. It's a pick game. I think Tennessee beats Pittsburgh because I think Pittsburgh is horrible. So I'll take Tennessee at the even mark against Pittsburgh. Uh, your fifth game. I'm going to take Atlanta as the underdog against San Francisco. I don't think they'll win, but I don't think nine points. Um, to me, that one looks good. I think Atlanta will keep a closer than that. And um, – so I'm going to take Atlanta and the points, but I'm not sure they'll win. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, 100%. I picked Atlanta as well. Nine and a half point underdog to San Francisco. Atlanta's been playing better as of late. Actually, Atlanta is even in the playoff hunt right now, which is crazy to think about. They come off a win over Carolina, 29-21 last week. They lost the Tampa the week before, but then they beat uh, the Jaguars uh, the week before that. I think Atlanta keeps this one close. And uh, I'm with you. I picked Atlanta as well. Uh, all right, your last game for the week. That one is a tough one because I'm going to have to take a team with a high point spread, and really there's two of them that I think will both win. But um, I'll go ahead and go with Buffalo over Carolina. All right, Buffalo. They are a 10.5-point favorite right now against Carolina. Uh, Carolina has looked really bad. Uh, Buffalo has not looked that much better, though, either. They are a better team, no doubt. I stayed away from this one because of my fear. Uh, I just don't know what's going on in Buffalo right now. My last pick, Dan, I'm going with the Houston Texans. Plus four and a half uh, against Jacksonville. Um, I could not believe Jacksonville was favorited. Actually, that number is now up to five. Um, Jacksonville favorited by five points shocks me um with everything that's happened this week i know houston's not good but uh i think they can hang with jacksonville at the very least uh any thoughts on that game well i had that game picked early on and then when the urban meyer stuff hit you just don't know is jacksonville gonna play inspired um so that's why i stayed away from this game i did have the the houston picked and i think houston could have beat them um, but don't know what's going to happen. Is Jacksonville just going to be totally bad as they have been, or is there going to be some inspiration here because of what happened? Uh, so that's why I stayed away from that one. Which way does your gut lean? That Do you think Jacksonville comes out inspired and plays well, or do you think they're so beaten down that they're just this season's just a wash for them? Um, I think they can come out and play inspired. 
Hmm. But whether they will or not, I don't know. But um, I I think there's potential for that because everyone was so negative about with Meyer. And, um, you know, I think there'll be a a better atmosphere. And it would be interesting to see how Lawrence does. Yeah, it's going to come down to play calling, isn't it? I mean, I think so. I think the offense, what they decide to do with them, will they put Lawrence in a situation where they run the football uh, that they've not been doing uh, as of late? They've got some weapons. Will they use them creatively? What will they do? Um, if the offensive play caller comes out inspired, I think Jacksonville has a real shot to look good or at least far better than they've looked this season. To me, Houston is kind of like that Detroit team. There's a steadiness about them. They're not good. Um, but there is a steadiness. They're making a quarterback change, though, as well. That's a little scary, but I, I feel like Houston is trying to figure out what they have so they can decide what they're going to do moving forward. Uh, Jacksonville, I, to me, they're just that they're so beaten down, so discouraged by how the season's gone. They just need a break, and uh, and I don't think they're going to get it this week, so that's why I went that direction as well. Uh, some big games going on this week. Uh, tonight, Chiefs and Raiders, Chiefs and Raiders, Chiefs and Chargers are playing. Uh, Chiefs currently lead that game 6 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, so we got Saturday football, Dad. Uh, Vegas and the Browns. We also got the Patriots and the Colts. Let's talk about Patriots and Colts. Uh, Patriots leading the division, leading the AFC. The Colts battling hard for a playoff spot and maybe trying to catch Tennessee as well. Uh, what do you think that New England-Indianapolis game looks like? Well, New England has really looked good lately. This is at Indianapolis, though, isn't it? Yes. yes. And so I, I think Indianapolis has got a shot, and I don't think New England, while they've played good here lately, I don't know that they're a lock, um, you know, to go through everybody. They may end up being the number one seed in the AFC, but like I said, the division's not wrapped up for sure yet. And Indianapolis is a team that has to have all the motivation because uh, they've still got a shot definitely to get in the playoffs and maybe to win the division. Yeah, the Colts have won four of their last five. They lost to Tampa by one possession in a game that they probably could have won. Uh, and then now they, they've got uh, New England to play, and then they follow that with Arizona, Vegas, and Jacksonville. So they have a, a good potential to close out the season well. They need to win at least two of the next four, but they'd like to win three of the next four, uh, and we'll see what happens with that uh other games that we haven't talked about at all dolphins and jets kevin talked about it with fantasy football uh but jalen waddles out two has been playing better but losing his biggest weapon um you know the jets are trying to, to again build and uh, show something this season at three and ten how do you expect that game in miami to go miami versus the jets well, as we've talked about it, Miami's doing better and making a push for the playoffs, but this is going to hurt with Waddle out. So, and of course, it is a division game. So, uh, the Jets, you know, always have a chance there, um, be motivation. So, but yeah, with, with Waddle out and everything going on, I, I have no idea how this will go. All right. I want to move on to college football. Uh, as we're getting late into the show, I want to make sure we get to some of these topics. Uh, here as well. Should be a decent decent slate, though, this week in the NFL for sure. Uh, college football, I want to start with Clemson. Uh, Dabo Sweeney loses his two top assistants to head coaching jobs. Uh, Elliott goes to Virginia, and uh, Venables goes to Oklahoma. Uh, and Dabo promotes from within. He said he didn't even interview outside candidates. He had two guys on his staff that he thought were ready for the job to step up. 
Um, a down year for Clemson, even though it was only a three-loss season. Uh, you know What's going on in Clemson? Do you think that they'll bounce back next year, or do you think they're going to be in a slight rebuild, meaning they're losing two or three games a season? Um, I think they could lose a couple games a season for a little bit, mainly because I know we may talk about recruiting here in a little bit. When I looked at that, they, you know, they didn't have a great, um, great first day, um, which is the first time that's happened in a long time. Uh, but that could be with the assistants leaving. As far as um, him promoting from within, that might not be a bad idea. They've had a great staff, and uh, they know his system and what's going on there. And uh, Clemson's going to be okay. They're going to they're going to get players. Now, whether they're going to be one of the top two teams every year like they were for a while, I probably going to take a couple of years to get back to that. But um, it, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, you know, again, just see what players he gets. Yeah, and you're right. With Venables going to Oklahoma, he probably got at least two recruits that were going to go to Clemson that decided to hold off and either went to Oklahoma or will eventually sign with Oklahoma, um, you know, because because of that. Uh, it was a down year for Clemson even in recruiting. Let's talk about that, of the effect of uh, hiring coaches, firing coaches before the bowl games are played, uh, right before the early recruiting, the signing period uh, here that happened December the 15th. In my opinion, it just seems like that kind of stuff needs to wait till the bowls are done. And I know you can't do that completely with recruiting. You want to be, you know, be able to be honest with people who the coaches are going to be and things like that. I don't know how they can change that. I don't know if it's if it's possible to change that. It just seems like the the hiring process happening right at the end of the season uh, and right before the early signing period. Man, that just it seems like really bad timing. Well, it, it definitely is going to be for the bowls. I mean, it's going to throw things off from there. Um, but again, I mean, the way it's set up now, you know, your your championship bowls are the only ones that really matter. So yeah. uh, I, people aren't worried about that from there. And, and you're right with recruiting. You do want kids with having the early signing period. Um, you know, you want kids to know who the coach is going to be. So I, it is going to affect the bowls, but um, that may be the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And you said it, there's basically two bowls that matter and it's the college football playoff bowls. And, uh, and outside of that, you know, I've changed my mind on this dad because We've watched as guys are skipping bowl games to prepare for the draft. The Michigan State running back came out today and announced that he was going to do that. There have been others as well. And when that first started being a thing where star players were sitting out bowl games to prepare for the draft, boy, I went off. They're selfish. And how in the world? They made a commitment. They need to fulfill the commitment. All that kind of stuff. But I've changed on that over the last couple of years because now I look at it and realize the bowl games don't matter. They matter for money for the university. Um, they matter for resume to some degree for the coaches, but the only games that matter, the only bowl games that matter are the playoff games. And that should extend in the years to come. But right now it's what, what do I care if a kid doesn't play in the, in a bowl that just doesn't matter? It, it doesn't really matter. And, uh, and I, it's a great opportunity for the guys next year. They're going to be on the team next year to get some playing time in a big game as well. And, and uh, and and have all that. Let's talk about the transfer transfer portal. Um, you know, we've both said this. This is probably not long term going to be great 
for for college football. It's going to affect uh, the fan bases. It's going to affect how people view it. I, I admit that I'm kind of leaning more positive on the transfer portal than I thought I would, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, pros or cons, good or bad. Uh, uh, you know, the, the rule is that every player can one time transfer to a school without having to sit out a year. Uh, your thoughts on the portal and, and do you think it's good or bad? Well, I, I think it'll take another year or two to see how, where the fallout comes from. But again, I, I really came to my mind when the recruiting thing happened, um, or when it had the early signing period. Um, that really changes things. You know, a kid, you know, before, boy, I'm going to go to the school and that's where I'm going to be. Well, now that's not true. He can sign. And if it doesn't work out, um, if he can't beat out the other two running backs, he can go somewhere else. Um, and I'm sure the colleges look at it, the, the coaches the same way, you know, boy, I've got this kid now I've got him for three or four years. Um, that, you know, that's, that's, that's not true. So the portal, I think, really changed the recruiting thing, and we'll see how that falls. Yeah, it's it's got to change the coach's pitches. They've got to be able to talk to a kid and know, hey, you know, here's the deal. You're going to come in, you're going to compete, but I can't promise you a job. In the past, they could say, I'm going to promise you you're going to come in, you're going to play as a freshman. If they don't, what are the kids going to do? <laughs> you know, they're stuck there. Uh, now they're not stuck there, so the coaches have to be more honest with the recruits and tell them exactly not what they want to hear, but what the truth is as well. It provides a free agency of sorts in college football. And to me, it's a really neat opportunity for fan bases to help recruit and for uh, some big players to change, change places. And uh, you know, it's, it's intriguing. I think uh, there's over a thousand football players in the transfer portal this year. That's crazy. That's a lot of guys moving schools or looking to move schools. Not all of them will get new opportunities and they'll end up back where they were. But nonetheless, uh, it, it is a, it is affecting college football. Um, in Lexington, where college basketball, the team's not the same year to year. There's always a bunch of new guys. Uh, I can tell you it, it, it hurts the fan base. They don't know the people as well. They don't, they don't get behind the kids the same way because they don't invest in them because they're there a shorter amount of time. So, uh, unless you're uh, Joe Burrow that comes in and wins a national championship, I think overall the fan bases aren't going to love these transfers, especially if they're just there for one year and they don't get a chance to know them that well. Um, so I think that'll hurt some of that uh, fan bases and things like that. But overall, I think it's good for the kids to be able to do it, uh, to find a school where they can play and, and whatnot from there, and especially in circumstances like coaches leaving and those sorts of things as well. Uh, Quinn Ewers, he went to Ohio State. He he sat out his last eligible season in high school, went up and enrolled in Ohio State early. Um, you know, was from all we understand, had a chance to compete for the job. Uh, did not win it, of course, at Ohio State. Made a lot of money, but not really because he was going to Ohio State. It was more local Texas stuff. But nonetheless, made a lot of money to go sit on the bench and learn some things at Ohio State. He transfers now to Texas. Uh, and uh, Steve Sarkeesian there, you know, you mentioned in, a, in our conversation earlier, well, why didn't he just go there to begin with? Um, you know, it's Sarkeesian's first year, and I, you know, I don't know the, what all opportunities were there for him and what he knew about Ohio State and those sorts of things as well and, and what he expected at Ohio State. But he goes to Texas. Do you think 
Um, this is a, a, a good thing for Quinn Ewers. Do you think it's a good thing for Texas? Do you think it's a good thing for college football that a guy with such a marketability uh, goes to a school like Texas that struggled here in recent years? Well, I, yeah, I think it'll probably be good for both of them because Texas had a really unbelievable recruiting year uh, from there. I would guess that the, the whole move to the SEC is what's really helped with this. Um, you know, the kids that they flipped and even yours looking at it, you know, um, when, you know, when he looked to go to Texas before, probably, you know, they weren't going to be in the SEC. Well, now they are. And, um, I'm sure that was an attraction for him too. And for Texas to get these kids now, you know, Sarkeesian is a name that can uh, draw and attract people. Um, I'm, to me, he's always been a little shady, but it may not be. Um, but, you know, te- Texas is a school with a lot of, um, you know, a lot of tradition. And, of course, yours being from Texas. Um, but, yeah, everybody was shocked at the way Texas ended up with the recruiting um, thing yesterday. And, um, it, you know, it, the fans are going to have high expectations because they've got talent now. Ewers was at the Elite 11 camps with Trent Dilfer, and Dilfer was on the Ryan Rosilla podcast this week, and, and they asked him about Ewers, and he wasn't very glowing. Um, he said he has an amazing arm, maybe the best arm he's ever seen coming out of high school, but it's all the other things that he's worried about with Quinn Ewers. Uh, will he put in the work? Will he understand the need for the other area's leadership, character, those kinds of things? When a guy like Trent Dilfer says he's questioning the leadership, character, uh, intangibles of a quarterback, that scares me yeah. to death. He does have talent, and maybe uh, he'll be able to showcase that talent at Texas uh, in the coming years. Uh, all right, Dad. I think that's that's good. Anything else you want to say? I mean, the SEC dominated uh, overall in recruiting. Texas A&M was number one, Bama number two, Georgia number three in the signing classes. Uh, pretty much, uh, even Vanderbilt was number 33 or 34, depending on where you look. Uh, the SEC just absolutely dominates recruiting still to this day. Notre Dame, others had good, good classes as well. Oh, let's talk about real quick. The five-star, uh, uh, defensive back, Travis Hunter flipped from Florida State to Jackson State to go play with Coach Prime, uh, down there. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that decision by the young man, Travis Hunter? Well, obviously, you know, Dion had a, a, a lot going for him to get him. But when I looked at that, to me, that's the transfer portal. Um, you know, is he going to play for Jackson State for four years? I don't know about that. Um, but again, he's going to get a lot of publicity. And again, you know, I think for kids to go to schools, um, that aren't maybe the top schools where they're really going to showcase their talent. They're really going to dominate. And then, um, hey, in another year or two, they, they, you know, they can move to another school. Um, I've got to believe that affected that decision, um, a, a little bit without a doubt. And, um, it may, that may be a trend. I've seen, I've, I've looked up an idea on a couple other schools that, you know, they might be able to attract somebody. Um, you know, they won't say, well, hey, you could transfer, but, you know, the kid would know I could go here. I know I can start right away. I can dominate in this conference. I'm going to be all conference easily, um, and I'm going to get more attention. Where otherwise he may go to a big school and he'll be competing um, for a spot and maybe sharing playing time or still not be able to play his first year. 
And the other thing that goes with what you're saying is Deion Sanders probably won't be at Jackson State for four more years. He interviewed at TCU this year. So, I mean, uh, if Dion moves somewhere else, all these guys can go with him uh, yeah. wherever he goes. Maybe Dion's coaching Florida State next year, in which case Travis Hunter could end up at Florida State again. Uh, and so, yeah, there's there's all kinds of potential there. It's an interesting move. Hunter said he's trying to pave a way and show other top top recruits that they can go to historically black colleges and universities and and uh, play there, of course, uh, um, you know, Dion got upset because of things that were being said about the kid and why why are HBCUs considered lower class and those kind of things. I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with race. Honestly, I think in this situation, it's because he didn't go to a top tier college. He didn't go to the the, the guys competing for national championships. Uh, I think had he gone to uh, North Texas, I think that people would have said the same things that they said. Uh, but nonetheless. It is what it is. Congratulations to Travis Hunter. Congratulations to Coach Prime and Jackson State landing a massive recruit. And uh, and then poor Florida State. They, they did not end up well in the recruiting recruiting ranks uh, this, this round either. All right, last thing I want to mention today is uh, UFC fights going on this Saturday. Uh, it's, a, it's a great card. It's loaded. Uh, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, is headlining against Chris Dacus. Uh, Bilal Muhammad and Steven Thompson are going to be a great matchup as well. There's other great names. Uh, Cub Swanson's on this card. Gerald Mearshart. Uh, Air Jordan is there. But I wanted to call out friend of the podcast, Harry Hunsucker. He's fighting his second UFC fight against Justin Taffa. Uh, Taffa is a minus 330 favorite in this fight. Hunsucker, this will be his first UFC fight where he actually had a full camp. He was on Dana White's Contender Series on four days' notice. He fought uh, Bam Bam uh, on, I think, two days' notice. And uh, and both of those were losses, but they were last-minute uh, step-ins. So they gave him a contract, gave him a chance to prepare for a fight, and he fights off against Justin Taffa this Saturday. And so I would encourage you, support uh, uh, Harry Hunsucker, Harry the Hurricane Hunsucker, as he fights on Saturday out in Vegas uh, there and should be a good fight and we're cheering for you, Harry. Good luck. And, uh, and, uh, hopefully you're coming back to a, 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 with a win under your belt, uh, there this weekend as well. All right, dad. Good show. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in today. Lots to talk about in the sports world. We didn't quite get to everything on our list, but we'll call it a show with that. A reminder, every Wednesday, we drop an episode called the local hour, uh, heavily covered on EKU football. We've got uh, this past week, we interviewed head coach A.W. Hamilton and then star guard Jamaru Brown came on. Great conversation with Jamaru, by the way. He's, a, he's an excellent young uh, young man and uh, grew up in Raleigh, uh, idolizes John Wall, plays very similar to him and uh, and whatnot. It, it is a really, really good interview uh, there, I think at least. And A.W. Hamilton is a, is, a, is a fun coach to talk with as well. Great job there. This coming Wednesday, we're talking with numerous uh, signees for EKU football, guys that have committed uh, on December 15th to come play at EKU. Right now, I think we have five of them lined up, possibly up to eight guys that we're talking to this week. So it'll be a fun show uh, welcoming in the new class to EKU as well. We got our picks. We'll post those on social media for you this weekend uh, for the NFL as well. And uh, and we're getting close to Christmas, and uh, what we'll to figure out our Christmas schedule, Dad, for 
for next week. But uh, nonetheless, thank you so much for tuning into today's uh, episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, there it is, at Sports Stove uh, right there. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube as well. Like, subscribe, share. Tell the world about the Sports Stove Podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.